gospel reading for this morning is taken from John's gospel, beginning in the 21st chapter at the first verse, and John wrote these things. After this, Jesus appeared again to the disciples, this time at the Tiberias Sea, the Sea of Galilee. And this is how he did it. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed Twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the brother Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. And Simon Peter announced, I'm going fishing. Well, the rest of them replied, we're going with you. And they went out and got in the boat. And they caught nothing that night. And when the sun came up, Jesus was standing on the beach. But they didn't recognize him. And Jesus spoke to them, good morning. Did you catch anything for breakfast? They answered, no. He said, well, throw the nets off the right side of the boat and see what happens. And they did what he said. And all of a sudden, there were so many fish in it, they weren't strong enough to pull it in. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the master. And when Simon Peter realized that it was the master, he threw on some clothes for he was stripped for work and dove into the sea. The other disciples came in by, in by boat, for they weren't far from land, a hundred yards or so, pulling along the net full of fish. And when they got out of the boat, they saw a fire laid with fish and bread cooking on it. And Jesus said, bring some of the fish you've just caught. And Simon Peter joined them and pulled the net to shore, 153 big fish. And even with all those fish, the net didn't rip. And Jesus said, breakfast is ready. Now one of the disciples dared ask, who are you? They knew it was the master. And Jesus then took the bread and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. And this was now the third time Jesus had shown himself alive to the disciples since being raised from the dead. And after breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, master, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. He then asked a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, master, you know I love you. Jesus said, shepherd my sheep. Then he said it a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was upset that he asked for the third time. Do you love me? So he answered, Master, you know everything there is to know. You've got to know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. I'm telling you the very truth now. When you were young, you dressed yourself and went wherever you wished. But when you get old, you'll have to stretch out your hands while someone else dresses you and takes you where you don't want. He said this to hint at the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he commanded, follow me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? O God of all that was, all that is, all that ever will be. We pray for help to hear, to see, and to know your vision for our future and our service to you. 
Give us a vision for your church. Give us a vision for our leading. Give us vision for our people, their lives, their hurts, their hunger for faith. And give us vision for your healing work. Give us vision to be courageous in change. Open our ears, our hearts, our minds to your word for us this day. Amen. Mark Twain once wrote, and I quote, you can't depend on your eyes when your imagination is out of focus. You know, when we hear the story of some of the disciples today, I was reminded of this truth. At some time, you just have to let go and try something. Maybe you've heard the story of the baseball pitcher in a tight game facing a great hitter and shaking off all of the pitches that the catcher called for. And the catcher became very frustrated and finally approached the mound and said, I've called for every pitch in the world. What do you want? To which the pitcher replied, I just want to hold on to the ball as long as I can. <laughs> you know, after the crucifixion, the disciples made their way back home. And Peter announces to the group that he's going fishing. I happen to think it's a grand idea. Just going back to what he was doing successfully before all of this Jesus stuff even began. Except this time, they fished all night long and caught nothing. They got skunked. And as dawn broke, they started for shore, and they saw a stranger standing there. You know, I think we struggle sometimes to see Jesus in our exhaustion and our confusion. Easter's over. The celebrations have passed, and now we've made our way back onto our job working long hours trying to put food on the table. And although we are aware that Jesus is risen, we don't know where in the world he is now. He doesn't seem to be too close to the disciples on the Sea of Galilee, hardworking guys who have fished all night long and caught absolutely zippo, nothing. It's hard to see Jesus when we're frustrated. It's hard to sense that he might be near when we're overwhelmed with grief or anxiety or fear. Our feelings can get the better of us and cut us off from the world around us, a world that especially at this time of year is just full of signs of the presence of God all around us. So we, like the disciples, can stare blankly over our isolated little boats, just like the fishermen who can't recognize Jesus waiting for them on the beach. Let's flip it for a minute. Can you just imagine with me for a moment Jesus' perspective on this scene? As he stood on the shore and looked out, at Peter and the others fishing. What do you think he felt? Those on that boat were the heart of the team that he had put together to go into all the world with good news. He'd formed them into a family to be his body, 
And they were his best plan to spread the word. And what was happening? They were spending their nights fishing again. And I'm just guessing that Jesus standing there might have been just a little bit concerned. Did you catch anything? Uh, no. And they were probably a bit irritated by having to say anything. Because if you've gone a week without a sail or a night without fish, you really don't want someone to ask how it's going. At times like this, we generally like to regroup, rethink the task at hand, try to get to the bottom of just why this approach isn't working. We should take a break, try to learn something, and perhaps best of all, do something good for someone else. That's generally a good approach for trying to recognize Jesus again. Now we all know that men are well known for our reluctance to ask for directions. Why did the Israelites wander in the wilderness for 40 years? Because Moses refused to ask for direction. <laughs> With this basic truth, I think it quite likely that the disciples were less than enthusiastic when the stranger on the beach suggests that they cast their nets again on the right side of the boat. Yeah, sure, is the least of what they probably think. But what do they have to lose? So they cast the net and they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish in it. It's the Lord, John says to Peter. And Peter gets dressed to plunge into the sea and swim to shore. You see, he'd gone back to fishing the old way, naked fishing. As he'd stripped off his clothes of discipleship, one question at a time, around a charcoal fire, not too long ago. And when he realizes that it's Jesus on the shore, he puts those clothes back on to plunge under the water and meet him by the sea. You know, this incredible catch of fish helps the disciples to recognize Jesus. It reminds them of the food of the masses, loaves and fishes. There is something about this meal-sharing stuff in the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. It is in these everyday moments that eyes are opened and folks recognize him. In our own lives, we think of communion and how we experience the spirit of Jesus and a simple shared bit of bread and juice. It's one of the ways that our community affirms the work of the Spirit in our midst, and it affords us a common experience of forgiveness, healing, and strength. And then there is some final redemptive, restorative work to be done. Around a fire, once again, Peter is asked three questions. Do you love me more than these? Do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, yes, yes. And each of these questions and answers cancels out one of Peter's shameful denials. And in this way, Jesus gives Peter an opportunity to change his ways 
and to receive forgiveness. No more naked fishing. We're fishing once again, wearing the clothes of discipleship. Forgiveness is central to this whole encounter. Forgiveness allows us a hope for the future that is not defined by our sins of the past. Jesus offers Peter this chance to be rid of those cowardly denials. And Jesus does it so that Peter can once again lead this courageous band of disciples. I really don't think he's forgiven just so he can feel good about himself again. I think that he was forgiven so he could serve the church, so that he could care for others, so that he could tap once again into the vision that keeps the imagination in focus. The interesting part, I think, <laughs> is that this forgiveness also makes more work for Peter. No more all-nighters catching nothing. Time to fish for people again. And that's the kind of fishing that makes life ultimately worth living. And the same is also true for us. We're freed from sin so that we're free to serve other people. If we truly love the Lord who offers us forgiveness, we will feed sheep. And we do it in so many different ways. By helping people around us, by cooking for funeral dinners, by tutoring kids and adults who need extra help, by sharing our faith with someone else, by teaching a class, by driving folks who can't get around by themselves, the most important thing is to translate love into action. Do whatever you can to help care for the sheep. And the calling from the resurrected Jesus is still the same as the initial call. Follow me. It's just ratcheted up a bit now. But your willingness to follow, trust me, will change the world. It will make a huge difference. Amen.